0: Hello, hello. My name is Kim Addis. I am the president and founder of Frame of Mind Coaching and the co-founder of the Journal That Talks Back. For those of you who have never heard of the Journal That Talks Back, it's a new service that we're providing that allows young professionals to get coached at an affordable and accessible way. So we invite you to take a look when you have a moment. Today, I want to introduce to you our guest. I'm very excited to invite our guest to the call. His name is Daniel Koffler and he comes to us from New York, Brooklyn. Am I right that Daniel is Brooklyn? And he is the CEO of a company called New Frontiers Executive Function Coaching. Daniel, welcome.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Kim.
0: So tell us about your business. Tell us about you. What do you do? How long have you been doing it for? And Share. I'm always excited to talk to other people who run coaching companies,
1: and I I spend most of my time talking about what we do. So I'm excited to have this opportunity to to do so here for you and your audience. So um, we at a, at a basic level, we are we provide executive functioning coaching, which speaks to uh, time management, organizational skills, um, processing, sequencing information, kind of like frontal lobe uh, activities, um, which frankly well i'm not familiar with any station in life in society that does not require uh, uh, an adherence to these skills but we don't do a whole lot to tr- teach these skills we yeah. kind of expect people to just absorb them through osmosis or through life experiences which is not 100% incorrect i mean that that is how many of us learn but it's also a at times a gratuitously painful way to learn for some, and for others, it is not a practical way. It's not a way. You actually won't develop the skills, the foundations to be successful, independent in life. Um, so we, you know, the genesis of this is my family's in the school business. We, we build and operate private schools. Okay. Um, and we've we, over the years, we've operated general ed schools, special ed schools, K-12s, early childhoods, kind of across the, the range of, of programming. We had a, a special education program, k K twelve. Where, you know, the expectation and the hope was that children would graduate from that program at 12th grade and they go to college. And what was happening was a lot of the students and their parents in particular were concerned that they had not, they were not fully prepared for that transition to college based on kind of where they were skill-wise, um, not necessarily academically more socially, but perhaps academically as well. And um, so we decided to take that feedback and design a, an individualized program to support these individuals. While they, as they transition to and through college um, to ensure that they have a successful experience and a meaningful one. What from there happened was we started getting calls from those same families who were working with us about their other sons and daughters who are perhaps kind of you know, classified as neurotypical rather than you know, having a diagnosis of something that might impact their, their ability to kind of move forward. So we started working with a neurotypical population And then the same concept applied to age ranges. We started getting folks coming to us, not just in college, but, you know, in in their mid forties or in their early teens, you know, with similar circumstances, the work can be applied to any willing individual, any willing population. That's really kind of the criteria. Are you willing to accept the help? It's really hard to ask for help. It's really hard to accept the help. Um, It's not for everybody. And so we're, we're very sensitive about that. Um, so today, we see folks across the globe. We have approaching 300 active clients. Um, we Amazing. have a stable, of, a stable of coaches with a whole range of backgrounds and capabilities and um, and styles. Um, and, 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 you know, thank goodness we're busy. Um, and again, interestingly for us, the purpose of our work, essentially, if we're to demonstrate our success, people are, are no longer working with us, right? Like we're moving them out of our envelope because they've developed the skills to do these things independently and to and to use those skills to problem solve through the next issue that comes their way so we love the work we're super proud of it um as i hope you can tell from from you know you know my I can career. i can
0: hear i can hear the enthusiasm and the passion for sure so before we jump into you who would a typical client be they would be someone who comes to you saying i am struggling with
1: it, it's hard to say what typical is in this example right i think that most people view us as place you'd go to if you have like a mild or significant kind of ADHD diagnosis. So you have, you know, the ability to do whatever you want to do, but you struggle to kind of like, you know, put it in sequential order and to kind of like stay focused and accountable. Accountability is a big part of what we, what we offer. So it's not, so it's certainly like establishing, you know, defining and establishing goals and then working backwards to take the steps necessary to accomplish those, but holding one accountable. A lot of folks stumble at that step and that's a big part of what we add. So. Again, we have folks who call us who are, you know, they're in their fifties, a family, a business. And they're like, listen, what we've, what we've gotten this far and we've been successful. We've always been able to strategize through situations. We're at a point that we no longer are able to, we don't have the tools. Um, Is an example. Another example could be a kid who's, you know, Ivy bound, um, you know, super high achieving individual who just their parents did everything for them or someone did everything for them. They never learned how to kind of like organize themselves independent of somebody else supporting them. And then of course we have folks who have, you know, more significant needs. We're going to require supports in perpetuity. The beautiful thing of our work is that because it's so individualized, we have coaches who can work with those three types of clients in the same week amongst others, because they're focused on that particular person's circumstances for that period of time.
0: Got it. Okay. Super interesting. Uh, very fascinating. I know lots and lots of people who could use your help. So, but you're here on the Frame of Mind Coaching podcast. Tell us what is your greatest challenge today, and how can I help you?
1: Well, so let me preface it by saying any anybody in the coaching industry worth their salt should rep, rep, you know recognize and appreciate the value of of being coached and receiving coaching. I don't have all the answers. I run an organization. Um, I have people who depend on me to kind of think these things through and to make decisions. And one of the issues that has been really kind of a thorn in my side, not because it's not important, but because I just don't have the answer to it, the right answer. And we've been working on this hard and we'll continue to work on it. And I'm hoping that your input can help influence this decision is it's related to compensation and evaluations. So we have a team, you know, the wonderful thing about one of the wonderful things about my team is that people who are doing this work are put on this earth to help people. So it's not a money thing. And you hear about the great resignation and people are changing jobs all the time. And it's a very current conversation. And my particular view is that people are you know, not feeling inspired at work. We don't have that problem at my, at my business. Thank goodness. People have come into work and they want to do the right thing every day. And it's incredible. However, as a result, there's not a lot of people advocating for what they deserve for their work. And I think it's really important in my role to make sure that they are compensated properly. But done Based in an evaluative process that kind of rewards the right incentives. Um, so, so are you talking am,
0: about? Let, let me just understand. Yeah, yeah. Are you talking about how do I compensate and reward my coaches for their amazing work?
1: Yeah. Yes. Yes. Within the context of like how the business is performing, and do it in a very transparent way. Right. I guess so really important.
0: L- let me ask you a question, and it's very interesting yeah. for me because I have a team of coaches, and it's a question we think about but we have an approach to it, right? So do you have different compensation levels for the different coaches? We do, we
1: do. And they have their own KPIs. Um, what are
0: they based on, the different levels of compensation?
1: So there's two different tiers of, yep. of team member. We have you know, full-time and part-time. Okay. Part-time is pretty straightforward. Part-time is kind of, um, they are paid an hourly rate for the work they do. Um, they submit their hours and you know, kind of off they go. Um, The full-time staff is kind of more where we're focusing, you know, for this conversation in my mind, because they have a wider range of activities. Some of them are revenue generating. Some of them are supporting the activities that generate revenue. So they're not necessarily directly. And it's those kind of areas can, can become gray or for us. Um, And I want to make, again, I want to make sure that we're doing things that are going to be sustainable.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. We don't want to, I don't want to, I want people to feel like, totally great about how they're being compensated and rewarded, but I don't want to do anything that's going to set a precedent that we can't maintain in the future. And that's kind of where we get stuck. We are on the upward trend. We've been trending upwards for a while now, which gives me the confidence to do this properly. But again, you know, the, the sky could fall, the bottom could fall out at any moment. And that's, you know, my responsibility is to be optimistic, but also, you know, realistic about, you know, what that could look like. So that's where I kind of go back and forth about it. Um, And I know that there's a system. There are many systems out there and processes. We've looked at a bunch. We want to take something that works and kind of add our own twist to it. So we need something that works first to kind of add the twist.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, in your case, what I would do is I would look at the various inputs that you're receiving from your coaches. So what are the actions they are taking in order to make a contribution? Whether it's keeping a client or bringing in a referral or building a great relationship with someone, et cetera. But exactly what are they doing, right? The actions that they are taking in order to make that valuable contribution. And I would start with a little bit of analysis to say, you know, how are we rewarding this behavior? So in my company, we have our coaches are all paid the same because they all deliver an amazing and, and very high level of coaching. Right. So we guarantee a certain quality of coaching and that goes across the board. So we don't have tiers in our pricing, nor do we have tiers in the way we compensate our coaches, but we do have a variable cost that we add or a variable payment that we, that we give to our coaches when they make that contribution. So it's not, uh, uh, it's not a fee. We pay them regardless. It's a fee contingent on certain outcomes, on certain behaviors. So for example, if they uh, bring in a referral, they get compensated for that referral. And we have that across the board. So for me, it's what are the rules that every single coach understands and there's no gray area, right? So For in your case, it's really examining the behaviors that lead to that increased contribution or that increased value. And you say, when when you do this, you get X. When you do that, you get Y. When the client comes back and says this and provides an introduction, let's say, to the whole company or to a whole organization, this is how you are rewarded for that. Right? So it's very black and white. So there are no gray areas. And what I find is the moment that there are gray areas, that's when people become unclear, trust goes down, et cetera.
1: So it makes a ton of sense. And I totally appreciate it. I think where we've struggled is assigning a quantitative value to qualitative activities or things that don't necessarily generate revenue, the things that are kind of indirectly critical and part of the process. But not necessarily quantifiable, and I guess as we're talking this through, that's those are the things that your kind of base salary is intended to cover. It's those additional things that they go above and beyond the pale, or that kind of like help us, you know, like hit reach, reach goals that would be additionally compensated.
0: They are they are the things that are quantifiable. Right. Those are the things that we want to compensate. Right. So. You know, we also teach our coaches in terms of like what are the opportunities you can invite your clients to. right? So for example, in our case, we um, have a certification process where we teach leaders how how to coach. and that's an incredible opportunity. Um, the experience is phenomenal. And so all the coaches know that this is something that they can invite their clients to if it's appropriate. And so when they do that, and the client comes in, they get, um, they understand that this is part of their compensation. Right. But so, right. Our job is to inform the coaches. What are the opportunities you can invite your clients to? Here's what's available to you. And, and again, it has to be appropriate, right? Do, we don't do want to push something that's not a fit.
1: Do you put this stuff in writing? Like, how do you communicate it?
0: Yes. We have yeah. what we call a coach's handbook. And everything is in the coach's handbook, uh, including things like how we pay, when we pay, what were we paying them for, how we handle a client who may, let's say, let's say they start coaching and five weeks in some horrible disaster happens and they have to bow out. Right. So whatever it is, we are addressing everything in that handbook.
1: So that so. Right. That way there's no misunderstanding when six months later we said, well, you said this, I thought that it's written clearly in English uh, or whatever language. It's and all in the no handbook.
0: Right. Exactly. Right. Under this condition, you get paid this. Under that condition, you pay, get paid that. And we are so to the book, to the letter that our coaches never, ever, ever wonder uh, about where we're coming from or what our integrity is.
1: And and that's such an important thing because I think one of the things that I've been, we've had incidences in the past, but before we had like better systems, we have much better systems now today, but still they, they they tweaking and kind of management is having what I thought was like a noble intention, but it gets misconstrued. And then, you know, these good intentions go out the, you know, it's out the window. And there's like this lack of trust, you know, and I- Give me an
0: example of what you're talking about.
1: So, you know, like, so for example, you know, we, we said- X, you know, we're going to, you know, you're going to be compensated for this activity. And then, you know, but we didn't, I guess, very clearly and simply kind of communicate what that activity was. And there was a different interpretation of what their effort was or what the outcome, what the outcome was. And then it became like, all right, well, you had an opportunity to, to earn something extra to kind of, a, or, or be in a line for promotion, whatever it was. And it turns into like, well, no, you didn't actually do what we had intended to be the thing. So I guess
0: intention, you know, is there's really no room for, for that. It has to be black and white. Um, It has to be black and white. And, and obviously, you know, what happens, you write a handbook and then things come up and you're like, oh man, we didn't think about that situation or that scenario. Um, And so what you do is you work through it in the moment and then you add it to the handbook. And we always, always unfailingly err on the side of generosity with our coaches Even when things are like, you know, of course, we're going to bump into gray areas because we haven't experienced every single scenario under the sun. And when we do, we always, without fail, err on the side of getting behind our coaches because they're far too valuable to our business to jeopardize that relationship. It doesn't make any sense. I think it's exactly
1: right. Yeah. So so that's
0: what we do. That's what we do. And then we learn, and then we make adjustments if required.
1: Makes perfect sense. Um, so, and we have a handbook, but it's more, you know, it's more like a um, procedure, like an operating procedure thing, you know, for like HR purposes and this kind of thing. And I'm not 100% sure everyone reads it. You know, I, I, would, I would imagine we have a higher than average penetration because we have a lot of A students amongst our team. Um, who they do read the fine print, which is important. Um, And their feedback is always welcome, of course. And they are flexible. You know, the truth of the matter is we haven't had like any, I mentioned we've had like issues in the past and we've gotten, our team is, you know, just the individuals who are on it and the way that we compose it is is much, much more thoughtful now. So that's better. But still, I'm sensitive about even the perception of taking advantage of somebody um, who may not ask the right question or be in a position to kind of, you know, understand what's happening. Um, so that's kind of where this all comes from. It's, I'm, it's I encourage
0: you. I encourage you to when you're bringing on a new coach, like in our case, every single one of our coaches started off as clients first, so um, they they kind of know how things operate. But when you're bringing on a new coach to work for you, make sure they're signing off on the handbook, yep. literally signing it and saying, "I need you to read this. Please make sure you sign the form that says you've read it." It's very important that you read this, that you know all the conditions attached.
1: Did you just say, by the way, that every one of your coaches was a former client? Yes. That's very cool. By the
0: way. So every single coach was a client. They said, holy moly, that was amazing. How do I learn how to coach? And that's why we developed our certification program. And mostly our certification program is designed for leaders who want to go back and do a better job with their team who want to coach their team, who understand that there's a very distinct relationship between coaching and results, coaching and productivity, coaching and bottom line, all of that, right? So we teach our coaching approach to leaders, but many of those people who have gone through the program some of them have shown incredible promise. And so we tap them on the shoulder and say, hey, would you be interested in being a coach for us? And then they go through a much, much more rigorous process in terms of getting certified. They have a three-hour exam at the end of this whole thing. It's serious. Yeah. yeah. So
1: well, that's very impressive. We, you know, It's funny. Most All of our coaches, we don't bring anybody on and let them kind of, you know, let them run. With our name uh, without having them being supervised. And, and if they're going to move up in the organization, they have to either have done or generally still do direct service. We don't let anybody just strictly administer. Um, everyone has to have a hand in kind of you know, in the actual work. Um, but your approach is 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 very admirable. That's, that's excellent. Um,
0: yeah, for me, for me, what's very important is for me to be able to look in the eyes of a client and say, I know that the experience you will have will be extraordinary because our coaches are extremely prepared and they're amazing from top to bottom. Right. Yeah. yeah, You have to be able to say that.
1: Well, it's the kind of thing that's, it's the kind of thing where uh, you can't really demonstrate success until people kind of take the dive and and give it a, give it a shot. So you really have to have conviction and be able to stand behind it. So well, and you
0: also have to have track record and it sounds like you have a pretty good track record too.
1: We do now, but you know, it took us a while to get there before you have a track record. You need people to be real pioneers and like and just and and frankly trust your face, which you know, I wouldn't fault anybody for not doing, you know, not that I don't have a trusting face, but just it's you know, people, you know, the world is slippery out there. People, people pull a lot of stunts, and we meet a lot of folks who are in the coaching space or in the in the broader kind of sandbox we play in who you know can say the right thing, but for the person who's seeking the support on the outside, it's very hard to navigate based on a website or even a conversation. Is this person really going to be able to demonstrate it? And time and money are are real assets that you don't have a lot to waste of. So it's very, we're very sensitive to that.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, go ahead. No, I
1: was just, I was going to, I just want to make sure before I lose thought, I was going to summarize kind of the learning so far. Please. Um, So, black and white, quantifiable, sign the handbook. Um, I mean, those are kind of the three things that overarchingly the themes that I think will, will play back to specific circumstances that I'm going to, that I have to get into, you know, as I go back to my
0: own. Cave. Yes. And err on the side of generosity. Yes. Right. Of course. Yeah. Those are, those are some of the things. And also, you know, get some of your coaches that you've been working with for a long time to read through the handbook before it's, you know, a complete book and say, do you have any feedback? Is everything clear? It, You know, is there anything that, needs to be discussed or, or clarified because it's always easy to put out a handbook that you think is clear, but you want to make sure everybody receives it the same way as it's intended. So check, you know, check with some of your key coaches and see what they think and ask for their feedback.
1: Well, especially the end user, right? If if I think it makes sense, that's just fine and dandy, but it's the people who are supposed to be on the on the receiving end of this who need to make sure. So that's a, that's a fabulous idea, yeah. um, and something yeah. I think they'd be willing to do as well. I think that they would. Re- I think that interestingly, a job that a task in the creation of a handbook, as an example, which is I find to be less than the most satisfying part of my work, but it's a really important part of the work. Um, it's interesting. I think people who you know who are not involved in that or who are not kind of required to be part of that process would feel a lot of um, sense of ownership over being invited to participate. Um, which which I think is is just a hallmark of my team. So so that's a great idea.
0: Well, I hope that was helpful.
1: Super helpful. You know, a lot of it, I will be honest with you, a lot of it is, uh, it's, it's not revolutionary concepts, but it's hearing it from somebody who's 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 done this properly and reaffirming it is very helpful for me to kind of not get stuck on eight different paths and try so many things and never get there because they're always trying. This kind of helps steer the conversation in the right direction, which which is what I needed. So I really do appreciate it. It's excellent.
0: I'll throw one more thing in and it's the word consistency. So execute your handbook with consistency. Like don't change the rules one day and then the next day and don't change the rules for one person and make exceptions for the next. Like here's a handbook, be consistent. That's it. Totally. Yeah. Well, it was so good to meet you. I'm excited about what you're doing. I think it's very interesting. As I said before, I know at least a couple of people who might benefit from your service. Um, And I I do wish you the best of luck. For those of you who are listening, if you have a team that you're trying to put together and orchestrate, uh, think about what kind of handbook are you giving them? What's in the handbook? And is it clear? Do they have clarity about how you operate and how you treat them and what to expect when things go a little south or different than what's a normal course of procedure? Hope that was helpful. Again, for those of you who are listening, please like, please share, please do all the things you do when you're listening to a podcast. And if you have a challenge that you want to share on the podcast, please reach out to me. My email address is kim at frameofmindcoaching.com. If you have a challenge that you want to share, but not so much on the podcast, please reach out to me as well. Again, it's kim at frameofmindcoaching.com. And if you're kind of curious about the journal that talks back, please check it out. It's www.thejournalthattalksback.com. If you know a young professional or a young adult in your life, who can use some coaching, that will be an interesting service for you to check out. In the meantime, we will see you next week. Have a great week.